0: How's everyone doing tonight? Are we doing good? I'm sorry. I had to have my entry music. Um, I'm still kind of in an ant mood. Uh, I taught last night, and I'm kind of still on the same kick, so it just feels like a continuation for me. Um, But I'm happy, happy to be able to be here, be part of this amazing event, reach, taking this place into like a new millennia of what's going to happen in this ministry. Um, times like this are insane. They're awesome. And we get times where we can focus, and this isn't any any um, bashing to people who uh, are here on Wednesday nights when we have like 50 or 60 kids, but times like this when a lot of the kids who aren't really sure why they're here yet aren't here, we can actually really focus down and get serious about what we know is, is truth. Um, just a second ago... You heard Nicole talk all about, about uh, this inReach and how it is really our, our goal as we're here with all these other students. And what's really cool is about times like this, we, we do need this connectivity, which I'm going to talk to you about with community, but also you get a lot more time to kind of focus on yourself and what's going on. So these times are super important. I hope there's way many more this next year. I hope you come to all of them and learn a ton from it. This is really interesting. Beautiful. Write that down. Take notes on that. I'm definitely going to copy it down before I leave. Let me get this folded back. So, uh, my name is Cameron Graper. I live in Trae Illinois, and um, I have a cat. <laughs> Speakers always tell you about themselves, don't they? They always give you something. The reason why they do it is to try to make you feel connected with them so you're not just listening to a mindless, boring person who's like a mouth who's talking to you, but instead they try to tell you something about themselves so then you feel like you can connect with them and then actually listen to what they're going to say. I'm an interesting man, and I'll try to teach you something out of this. Um, Everyone for me, repeat what I say. Sex. We're not talking about sex, but we just did, and I figured you guys would have no hesitation in saying the word sex, and you didn't. That's cool. Anyways, that had nothing to do with it, but it's like an icebreaker. You guys just said the word sex, and we're not even talking about it. I want you guys, real quick, now you guys know what it's like to be with me on Thursday nights. I want you guys all to stand up for a second. I just talked about how much I hate when preachers make you stand up. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take... And I want you guys to connect hands so everyone's hand is holding on to someone else's, but I want every person in this room to be connected to this chain somehow. Okay? Except me. Shelby's okay. But then, but then there's a problem, though, because all your hands have to be connected. Where's, what's your hand doing? What's your hand doing? Your hand's got to touch someone else too. It's confusing, isn't it? Look at this. This is really taking a while. Very good, very good. Everyone's connected. Everyone's hand is in someone else's, and you are all connected. I'm a voice. There, I'm now part of the circle. Very good. Now let's all sing Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my Lord. I'm joking. All right, stop. All right, stop. I'm talking. I'm talking tonight. I'm talking tonight about community. Community. And uh, as we kind of move forward with this, we need to keep this, this idea in our mind. Just remember some of this. We're not going to spend the whole time like this, obviously. But what is, what is community? What does community really mean? You just heard, uh, you just heard a whole entire speech, kind of a, a run out on what inReach is, and it has a lot to do with that, but community is, is kind of a lot more. So remember this and how beautiful it feels. Go ahead and take your seats. We're going to talk about community. Community, community is a word that you hear a lot these days. You hear the word community used in tons of different circumstances. Um, not because people have actually made a priority or actually understand what community is, but because a lot of people talk about it, so a lot of other people talk about it. That's really why you hear about community so much, is that someone somewhere decided that community was important, and a lot of other people just kind of jumped on the bandwagon and said, yeah, community is important, let's really focus on community. But a lot of people don't even know what community is. You'll hear them speaking about it, but they don't even know what the deal is. So what is community? By dictionary definition, community is said to be the holding of certain attitudes and interests in common. That's the definition of what a community is. Having certain attitudes and interests in common, in unification. Now, like I said, what we're talking about tonight is community, but especially, obviously, I'm not going to waste your time. Our focus is going to be what CYM's community is. Whole purpose while I'm talking to you tonight while we're here. Community can function in many different ways. Um, Two quite simple ways. Community can function really well and really bad. Kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum, but it can function in both different ways. As I said, People have talked about community till they're blue in the face. You'll see it in huge marketing areas, campaigns, where all these businesses are getting together, and they speak about how community is part of what their business has to be. You'll hear about motivational speakers talking to you about your community. And especially nowadays, you'll hear about the church talking about community. Tons of people trying to uh, get people to understand what community really is, Um, They kind of change the meaning a lot of times, the wording, to try to get people to understand it because it's hard. People don't understand what community is. Um, Some churches call it doing life together. They try to kind of take away a word and give you like a a phrase that seems like it, it makes sense. But they're trying to figure out how to get people to understand what community is by explaining it to them, maybe even in just a word. But it's hard. How do you get people to learn what community is? Well, as I look at it, and what I've, what I've seen is that community starts with God. Absolutely. Uh, we've just been talking about different elements of what, of what God is. I know last night I just talked about what the church can be and how church can be fun. And one of the primary things I said is that if you look at God, God is a connective God. Absolutely. He wants connectivity between his people. He wants community. So really community starts with God. So if we're going to start with God, let's look at the Bible. And in Acts 4.32, you don't have to turn there, but write it down. Keep a handle on it. It says this, talking about the Acts church. Now, this was after, um, obviously, Jesus had come. He died. He resurrected. And these people uh, had waited for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit had been poured out on them. And now um, it's talking about how they kind of function. 4.32 says this um, in NIV. All the believers were one in heart and mind. Just the very first sentence of that is all I really need to be. In the message, it says the whole congregation of believers was united as one, one heart, one mind. This really, when I look at it, is the most like crystal, crystal clear picture of what community really is. When you read about the Acts church, it said one in heart and in mind. What does that mean? To be one obviously means to be in unity, right? No division. That they were together. And then in heart and mind is where it really starts to get interesting. The heart is our spiritual command center. And the mind is our logical command center. So what they were saying is that in their hearts, which is the place where we get stuff like love and caring and our spiritualism and our relationship with God and all of these emotional things about us, that they were, they were one in that arena of life. They actually loved each other. They actually cared about each other. They had the same heart that broke for the same reasons. That when they got together, it wasn't about um, like fights about what the Spirit was doing, but instead they were all in tune together. That their hearts basically sung the same hymn when they got together and they understood what, how it was flowing and how God was moving. That their emotions were in, in unison together, you know, that everyone functioned in that spiritual command center together. But then also, right with that, saying the fact that they were one in mind, which is really crazy. Because the mind is obviously where our goals, where our theology, the actual beliefs, our understanding of God come in, where, um, I mean, our personal goals, where our attack plans, where all these things that are so logical come into play. But they said that they were one in mind as well, meaning that they had the same theology. They had the same attack plan. They both were functioning in the same plans and that. They had the same goals. Now what's crazy about this is, I mean, these are really two opposite ends of the spectrum on how we function. I mean, a lot of us in our own lives basically have a spiritual and logical command center war going on all the time as we go throughout our days. We might decide something in our spirit heart, but then our logical mind kind of fights it, and they kind of go back and forth. But they said all these people were together in one heart and in one mind. And when I read this, this is when you're talking about an absolute miracle of community. This is like the very, very like most precious and obviously most pure picture I've ever seen of community. But then how could we do that? Because that seems kind of hard, doesn't it? Do I think that because it says they were one in heart and mind, they never had a disagreement? Absolutely not. We have parts in scriptures where you see the fact that they got in disagreements. They got in arguments and they said, well, maybe this would be an idea and this would be a direction. And they did have arguments where they sat down. It talks about times when they were trying to figure out what was going to happen. And they said that they sat down and basically had a big old discussion. I'm not doubting that at some times those discussions got heated. They got flared. People were probably yelling at each other. People would give their ideas, other ideas. But you know what happened? Is at the end of all of this, they decided to make their hearts and their minds in unity. They decided to do it. Because even though it's our spiritual command center and our logical command center, above all of that, we have our own free will to determine what we want to do with those two. And What I mean is this, is that even if they had a whole big conversation, one saying these are the goals we need to set up and these are the goals we need to set up, and they prayed and they finally outlined what it was, is that what people did then is they forgot about their own personal stuff and they got on board and said you know what? Our spiritual passions is my spiritual passion. Our goals and our outline, our theology is my theology. I'm not going to divert from that because I know how important it is to have this community and how strong that is when community really happens. When community happens, it is crazy the stuff that can happen out of it. You ever hear the term synergy? Yes, no? Synergy is basically when energies come together, instead of um, adding to each other, like this much energy and this much energy equal this much, they multiply, and they build on each other, and they grow at an exponential rate way faster than what they should. Like basically saying that if I can do this much work, if two of you guys grab on with me and both do that work, we'll get way more than three times that work, we'll get like six, seven, eight, nine, ten times the work done, because together we're way stronger. It talks about that in the Bible. It talks about the fact that basically a man standing back-to-back back with someone is strong, but then a triple-braided cord, is what they use as the demonstration, is not easily broken. When people are unified, amazing things can happen. And this unification in, in heart and in mind. But the problem is, is is, very, very rarely do we actually get to that point. There's so many things that kind of stand in our way and bog us down and make community really, really lame. And we all fall into it. CYM falls into it. How can we change this, though? How can we make it where it's different? And the best thing we can do is just be very, very open with each other. We can look at it just plain and simple, and we can actually try to understand it. Because when all of this comes out, what we have to do is just what the Acts Church does, is when all of this ends, we have to say, our heart is my heart. Our vision is my vision. And that's how community is going to come. Let me show you some stuff here, okay? Oh, I just dropped it. Let me show you something cool. If You guys can all see this. This is our community, our CYM community, okay? Big old blank expanse. I'm going to use a couple drawings for you because I like visual representation. All right, now, all the people funnel in on CYM night Wednesday, right? Our whole community. What happens is over here, we get a few people. And they're connected, okay? They're talking. Over here, we get a few more. These people are connected. Down over here. There's this poor guy. Somewhere out here in the middle. We got some more people that are connected here. They're talking, having a good time, right? These lines I'm drawing, these are connections, okay? People have. Why are you laughing so hard? Is it funny? Is it funny? I don't find it funny. All right, here's our community. Each of these uh, represent people, and then the connections between them. So here's what happens. Is that People come in, and there's these different groups that end up happening, and, and it forms naturally. Here's the deal. like This group comes in here, and I'll just use different examples that I find are funny. This is the rock climbing group. <laughs> I'm passionate about rock climbing. And when they come in, they form their nice little circle, and all they care to talk about is rock climbing. And they have their own little connections. They don't care to hear about any of this stuff. Because this group down here, this is the girly group. And the girly group is talking about the boys at school. They're talking about, I don't, I don't even know. I don't assume to know what you girls talk about. So this is the girly group here, okay? A lot of boys, right? Then over here, we have the group that hates these groups. A lot of these people have nothing in common. (laughs) Nothing at all. This person doesn't even know this person, really. You see, there's no connection in between them. They kind of know them through people. Um, You know, this guy here just knows one of them. But they group together because these people hate these people. And that's good enough. (laughs) We're friends because they're not our friends. And then there's, there's poor, poor old Tommy down in the bottom corner, and he has, he has no one, except here. That's my mom, and she's friends with him because, because she's a nice lady, okay? And this is this is, what happens, this is what happens to community. You see, people come in, and what happens a lot of times is community is based off of wrong uh, motives. People come in, and community starts being based off stuff like this. This group is based off the fact that they have a common interest, and that's the whole reason why their community exists. Um, this group down here might be based out of the fact maybe a lot of them go to school together, and they have kind of connections there. Um, they might like the same guys. This poor girl just knows someone. She's kind of out on the outs. And This group, like I said, is just together because they basically can't stand people. That happens all the time, definitely. People just get together, and you realize they have nothing in common, just the fact that they don't like you. And, um, and they create community because of that. There's other people who completely hide from community. They can't stand it. And this is really, like I said, community can be very, very bad. This is a horrible picture of what community is. It's not working at all. It's not functioning. Um, you know, these people don't even know these people. They don't even know that these people exist over here. No one's paying attention to Tommy down in the corner. He's just chilling off by himself. And the community is not really functioning because, like I said, what community is supposed to be is this one in heart and in mind. There's supposed to be this real connection. You see, if it's real good community, everyone should be part of everyone. They should all be connected. Now what happens is, is a lot of people try to fix community by introducing the butterfly. What happens is, is we introduce butterfly number one, butterfly number two, and butterfly number three. And what they do is see they're the people who know this person, this person, this person, and this person. And this person knows this one, and this one, and this one, and this one here. He knows some of these here. And people start to believe that this is community because now there's connections. Because now if we look at it, everyone's connected in some way or another. You know, this person... Might not know it, but he's friends with him, right? Because he's friends with this guy, he's friends with this guy, 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 and they have community now because they're friends. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. These butterflies, all they do is really put a patch on where community is bleeding and dying. That's it. Because the community is not working. People aren't really friends. People aren't becoming one whatsoever. But these people make it seem like it is because they might go to one group and say, yeah, you know, um, this guy over here knows exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, uh, you you guys aren't that much different. And especially what happens is these poor butterflies, man, their wings get tired. Really tired. Because they just feel themselves running back and forth, trying to make this community work. But it never seems to function right. Because no matter how many times they go talk to one person, then go talk to another, and then go talk to another, it doesn't change anything. Because this person still doesn't know this person. This one still doesn't know that one. They're still not connected at all. Community's still not working. Now... What you'd think then is is what we need is we need massive amounts of connectivity. We need to form some sort of program so that everyone meets each other, everyone's connected, so that everybody has community, right? What you'd see is you'd see something like this, right? picture. It's a mess. We figure that if we can make this sort of connection so that everyone has a direct connection with someone, this is going to be community. And all it turns into is a big old mess. Everyone knows each other. but They don't really know each other. It's all these weak bonds and everyone feels connected to everyone, but but it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't function. See, really, this is the best that the world is going to give you on community. If you go outside of this room and you go listen to any other conversation on community, any other talk that anyone's going to give you in a big, uh, you know, CEO corporation, anything like that, this is the best they're going to get for you. They're going to talk about these independent groups. They're going to talk about social butterflies. But then to they're going to say is about how to try to connect these groups so that there is this massive amount of connectivity which will cause community. This is the best that they can come up with. And it really still doesn't function well. It's a mess. It's chaotic. It doesn't have order. It doesn't turn out right. When we first started and I told you guys to all hold each other's hands, it didn't work until you came up with a plan, did it? It didn't work until you came up with an order. When everyone just tried to, like, reach out and grab a hand, it turned out like a mess. Everyone wasn't connected at all. Even though everyone was touching someone's hand in a way, it wasn't closed. It wasn't connected. This is the best you're going to get. But then what's really cool is here in CYM, here in the church, is that we get to bring up a different kind of connectivity, one that actually works, and it works like this. This is the kind of connectivity, this is the kind of community we talk about. See, these are all the same people, but at the center lies one common goal. And here it's Jesus Christ. At the center of this community lies one unifying theme, one goal that both functions in spirit and in mind. And see, what happens here is we eliminate the connectivity problems that I told you where you had to jump through 20 different people because instead it's through one through one goal, you're connected to everybody. And it eliminates all this mess and this confusion because instead, there's order. Secular community are never going to figure this out because no one's ever passionate enough to find a central theme that everyone can agree on. No matter what community you ever find, ever are a part of, outside of the church, outside of CYM, that you're going to become part of as you go off and you become whatever, wealthy business people, you're never going to see community function like this. But here we have an opportunity to use community that actually works, because this one does. You see, when people share this one goal, people feel naturally connected. I know it works from experience. Here's the deal. When I was going through high school, right, there were people who I would go to school with, I would spend um, nine-tenths of my day with, see them at lunch, hang out with them, maybe go to their house after school. Um, they were my friends who both like, you know, they like cars. They were into paintball with me, which was my big sport when I was in high school. Everything with us really kind of clicked, right? And we were friends. We had a relationship. We had a community. But then I started coming to CYM, and I met people like Ethan Unziker. Me and Ethan share almost absolutely nothing in common. We're slowly gaining to be more like each other. It's kind of frightening. We're melding into each other. But when we started a relationship, we started community with each other, we had so little in common. Ethan is Mr., I mean, absolutely like loves hardcore music, you know, like metal, all this whole scene here. I was the exact opposite. I like sports. I like cars. I really couldn't stand that entire scene. I made fun of all the kids in their, you know, little sister's pants, wearing torn-up clothes in their little communities. I couldn't stand it. Really, when I met Ethan, I never liked the kid. Absolutely. But as basically we went through uh, living together in this community, we became better friends than any of those friends that I had outside of church. And it was because of this strong unifying theme that sat at the center. Is I had community with these other people that I, I, mean, everything seemed like it would click, and I would really be connected with them. But there was something missing that I could never feel between us. And then I'd come and I'd hang out with like, my buddy Ethan and nothing that we said really agreed with each other. We'd get in an argument if we talked about most anything. But because we agreed on one common goal, which was Jesus Christ, we felt more connected than I ever did with those other people. See, we have this ability to use this common goal, to use this, this common heart and mind goal to unify all of us into true community. Like I said before, when community actually happens, crazy stuff, crazy stuff comes out of it. Success. I mean, we've seen, just in the past few years, as community has began to grow in this, in this ministry, I mean, amazing numbers of people who have gotten saved. Tonight, as we started this, okay, all you guys came in, and I thought, wow, what a small group. Until I recounted it and realized the fact that we have like 22 people at a leadership conference, At a leadership conference, we put this on not to tell people come and have a good time, not to tell them come and have a sleepover, but we preface this with come if you want to know more about God. Come if you want to be someone who's going to lead this ministry into the future. And we have like 22 people here. That's amazing. This this group started five or six years ago with like 10 people who didn't even know if they had a heart for God yet. And tonight we have like 22 who come in here and say, I want to be part of this. I want to see what this can go forward as. I want to be part of this and really put my life into it. That's amazing. That's success that we're seeing out of real community. Here's some enemies, though, because as you start to form this, there's always things that are going to try to stop you. Stuff like selfishness. People who are selfish find it hard to be in community because they hold on to those things that they care about more than the community that they're trying to be in. Things like introversion. I understand this is part of someone's natural personality that maybe when they grew up they didn't have friends and there's kind of this introvert feeling, but it's an enemy of community. People who won't open up and share is an enemy of that and we need to work at that. It doesn't work. Big enemy, big enemy of community box thinking, inside of the box thinking. This is the way I've always been. This is the way I always have had friends. I'm not going to change it. In the box thinking destroys community, it doesn't work well. People coming in, in these groups, and instead of focusing on that center goal, they will not let go of the friendships they have outside of this community. That's an enemy of community. You wouldn't think it was. you think that if people come in, and if a few people really had a strong connection, that'd be totally cool. That'd be a help for the community, but it's not. It's actually a hindrance. You see, as these people come in, and then what they try to do is, is everyone's connected, but they try to make these extra special, tight little, little community chains here. What happens is that other people start to feel left out. Other people start to feel like they're not part of that community. People start to have inside jokes. You know what the sucky part about inside jokes are? Someone's on the outside. Inside jokes blow for all those people who aren't on the inside. You know, and it it seems like nothing to you to say that stupid inside joke and laugh about it, but you don't understand how hurtful it can be to other people around you because people actually care about you, and they wish that they could be a better friend with you. There's tons of people who see you laughing with your friends, and they're the people who are a little too afraid to actually, like, really be forward to be your friend. And it hurts them because they wish that they could have an inside joke with you. And it hurts them, and they're like, I wish I could be part of that. But they never feel like they can be. And also, one of the other things that are enemies of this is uh, something that that uh, Nick Bat kind of touched on. Respecters of persons. People who, just like she said, come in who don't smell the best, whatever like that. But then, you know, someone comes in, and they're dressed in, Abercrombie and Fitch, and they smell like that stinky store as they walk in, and people are like, oh, they're cool, and they become friends with them. That's an enemy of community as well. There's many different types of community. Fake community, semi-community, real community. Those are the three I really want us to think about. See, fake community... That's what happens most of the time. Like I said, these, these connections that aren't even really real, we're trying to put a patch on it. Semi-community, like I said, where groups are together and then they're, they're trying to be connected by social butterflies or real community, which is what you see here, where everyone's connected. It all really boils down to this. We talked about from the very beginning was the Acts Church, and I said they were, they were unified, one, in heart and in mind. It all boils down to this. It was one of Jesus' last commands before he left. After he died and he come back and saw everyone. Before he left, he gave out a few last commands, and one of the last ones he gave is he said this, love each other. Quite simply, love each other. That was his command to the disciples. Because all of this comes down to that, is that if you really want real community, you have to start caring for people more than you care for yourself. The people who are sitting just in this room, let's start with. The fact that you have to care for the people around you more than you care about yourself, about your own comfort, about your own little life, about your own interests, about your own passions, but you actually care about the other people around you instead. Everyone doesn't want to hear about your life. I'm sorry, but we're really not that interesting a lot of times but we basically get stuck on the same crap that's our life over and over and over again, and we won't get out of it, that box thinking. But instead, when we actually start loving people, and we actually start caring about them instead of us, and we come up, and instead of saying all of our same boring stuff, we say, what makes your life interesting? And we're willing to be part of what they have in life and communicate with that. We start to form this real community. A while back, we talked about the church in Steadfast, and we were doing one about family, and I mentioned the fact that I'm not a really like super spiritual person, but I said I have this strange belief, and it's this, is that as you have really formed community and you really seek after God's heart, that God almost takes our souls and links them together in a chain. That instead of just being connected, he like takes all of our souls when we really care, and he just kind of pins them together and links them. And it's the fact that I've developed relationships with people that I feel that when I see them sad, my heart is sad as well. And when I see them happy, my heart is happy as well. Even past what my emotions are saying, is that my heart begins to feel what their heart feels. Because I really have love for them. And that community is actually taken root. Like I said, when community really forms, it can be crazy productive. But it all comes down to this, is that community is all about us as individuals, which is weird. Community, you think, would all be this conglomerate, but it really all comes down to us as individuals because it's each of our own decisions to make this community a part of it or to basically just extrovert yourself from it and destroy it. You can come in and you can follow your same little clique. You can sit next to the same friend over and over and over again. You can talk to the same exact people every single week when you come in. You can say goodbye in the same way, leave with the same people. You can show up with the same people. You can sit next to the same people in service. Uh, You can exclude yourself in, in games or any other activities we do from actually bumping into someone new. And you can destroy community by doing that. Or you can say the fact that I care for community more than I care for myself, and I'll actually put myself out, forget about my own goals, and when I come in this place, I'm actually going to try to make real community. I'm going to go up to people. I mean, like right now, just think to yourself, if I was to have you stand up and name everyone in this room first and last name, can you do it? Can you stand up and can you tell me everyone's first and last name in this room? It's only like 22 people who are in here. Maybe we haven't really made community that big of a, of a goal yet then, have we? We haven't even connected with people enough to know their, know their names. How many people probably, honestly, you don't have to raise your hands, but you could send, you say, if I stood up right now, I wouldn't know everyone's first name. You see what I mean? That's poor community. That's not working. You have to decide to actually make a difference about it. And unless you do, it's still not going to change. As yourself, the fact you're going to say, I will not be that same person who's going to come in. Talk to my one or two friends. Hang out with them. Act the exact same way. Leave and do nothing else about it. But instead, I'm going to be the person who's going to come in. Find that different person. Find a new person. Hang out with them. Find out what makes their life special. And connect with them. Because we share one common goal, Jesus Christ. So it all boils down to this. You want community? One heart, one mind. One heart and one mind. And like I said, it's not to say that we're not going to have disagreements, but it's this, is are you willing to say, I believe in our heart, and I will make it my heart, and I believe in our mind, and I will make it my mind. Because if you do, community is going to happen. And it's going to be productive, effective, crazy. I mean, ground shaking, wall breaking, throw down the house, people getting saved. Amazing when you actually focus on what community can be. That is the very, very base the foundation for everything else that we want to see done all of our goals all of our passions people being saved Jesus Christ being spoken to so many other people all these different things the very very base of all of this is community Jesus said it love one another that's how they'll know that you're my followers so until we start to do that don't expect a lot of things to come easy are you going to make community a, a goal? Are you actually going to make that a passion for yourself and do it? It's up to you. Like I said, it's an individual thing to be part of community. All right? I thank you for letting me speak to you. I hope it actually touches you. Um, why don't I just pray real quick before we exit, and we're going to have another 10 minutes, and then my awesome father is going to come up. I've known this man for uh, 20 years, almost 21 years. He's like a dad to me. Um, He's a really cool guy. And uh, he's a man after God's own heart. Absolutely. I want to pray with you guys before I leave. Jesus, I thank you for this time that we have. And I thank you, Lord, that as we sit down together right now, that we are focusing on what community can be. Lord, we realize the fact that you are a God of community. You are a God of connectivity. And Lord, that we don't want to... Um, hem in. We don't want to stop what you want to do through this ministry, but instead we want to explode it, Lord, and have it see go farther and, and faster than we can possibly understand. We know that community is the base for this, and to do that, we're going to have to forget about ourselves and start really making uh, this community a passion of our own heart. Lord, that we would say that this heart that is CYM, it is my heart. This mind that is CYM, this is my mind, and we become unified in that. So I thank you, Jesus. I pray to you, Holy Spirit, as I know that you are the one who convicts us, the one who comforts us, that you would not let these, um, these words just come out of our mind fast, but instead, Lord, that you would let them hang inside of us and repeat over and over over these next weeks, um, that when we come into this, into this room uh, Wednesday night, that we wouldn't be able to forget about this, but instead this would resound in our ears over and over again. It's in your name I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen.